Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. I am your host, Tina Kampala. I want to thank you so much for all of you who have taken time to listen, like, and share our podcasts. As we mentioned last week, we have hit 500 downloads and we owe it all to all our listeners out there. We want to thank you so much for making it possible for us to get to 500 downloads. And we are now looking forward to having... 750 downloads by the end of the month of September. And we know with you out there, you will make it happen. So one more time, I want to welcome you to the hillside, asking you to step up out of your normal environments up here on the hillside. Now on the hillside, as I always tell you, the view is breathtaking, the air is fresh. And the most important thing is you will not live here without encountering our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whenever you encounter him, you're transformed and changed into his image. So one more time, I want to invite you into the hillside with the book of Revelation, chapter 22 and verse 17. And it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that hears say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The invitation is to all who are willing to come and take of the water of life. In all instances, the water of life is Christ, and he is the word that we will be sharing today. So all of you are welcome, and I really pray that you will be blessed. So today, we will start the first part of a three-part series entitled Encountering Toxic Relationships encountering toxic relationships. So today we will lay the foundation for what we will be discussing in the next uh, two other episodes. In the second episode, we will be having a guest, a friend who has uh, encountered toxic relationships, and she will be sharing her experience. In the third part, I will invite some of my friends and we'll begin to tear into the topic on encountering toxic relationships. So without further ado, uh, allow me to start my podcast. First, I want to give a definition. Toxic relationships generally involve abuse in all its forms. And abuse is defined as treating somebody with cruelty or violence, especially regularly or repeatedly. Let me repeat that. It means treating with cruelty or violence, especially regularly or repeatedly. Abuse can be any treatment that may diminish the identity, dignity, and self-worth of someone. In other words, behavior that is controlling, derogating, punishing, or manipulative. It involves insults and attempts to scare, to isolate or control. It could also be withholding love, communication, support or money as different methods of control and maintaining power. But when we look at the impact, the impact of abuse, we know that it impacts everyone, women, children, men, elderly people. But surprisingly, there are some who are more vulnerable than others, and that may be women, children, and elderly people bear the brunt of the non-fatal 
that's physical, sexual, and, and, and physiological abuse. So one in four adults report you know, have been, having been physically abused as children. One in five women report having been sexually abused as children. One in three women have been victims of physical or sexual violence by an intimate partner at some point in her life. One in 17 other adults report abuse in the past month. And when we look at this, the impact of abuse, you know, the impact is large. But even as we begin to look at toxic relationships, we have agreed that toxic relationships are have the element of abuse in them. And today I just want to take you through the different types of abuse. And I will surprise you that there are six different types of abuse that are evident in relationships today. Number one is the physical abuse. And that's where there's the scratching, the punching, the biting, the strangling or kicking, the throwing something at, at someone such as the phone, the book, the shoe or the plate or even pulling hair and minimal uh, things. The second type of abuse is the emotional or the verbal abuse where you're calling, calling you names and putting you down, yelling and screaming, threatening or com to commit suicide to keep you from breaking up with them and intentionally embarrassing you in public. The third type of abuse is the sexual abuse, the unwanted kissing or touching, the rape or attempted rape, the threatening someone into unwanted sexual activity. The third type is the financial abuse, where we use money. Money is used to hold power over you because they know you are not in the same financial situation as they. So spending money on themselves but not allowing you to do the same, giving you presents and or paying for things like dinner and expecting you to somehow return the favor. Number five is digital abuse. Uh, this one is when somebody tells you, you you can or can't be friends who you can and cannot be friends with on social media and, and other sites. And then they send you negative insults or even threatening emails, Facebook messages, tweets, and other online messages. They use sites uh, like Facebook and other social media platforms to keep constant tabs on you. They constantly text you and make you feel like you can't be separated from your phone for fear that you will be punished. They look through your phone frequently and check on your pictures, texts, and outgoing calls. The last and final form of abuse is talking. These are those who show up at your home or your place of work unannounced or uninvited. They send you unwanted text messages, letters, emails, and voicemails. They use social networking sites and technology to track you. They make unwanted phone calls to you. Six types. Physical abuse, emotional or verbal abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, digital abuse, and stalking. So now we know the different types of abuse. And maybe one or two raised red flags for you. But I just want you to go through a self-assessment to see whether you are in an abusive relationship. It could be with a significant other, a family, a colleague, a friend, a church member, or the different people whom you have engaged with in different relationships. I have 10 questions you need to ask yourself. Internalize these questions and ask yourself whether there's any one of them uh, present in your current relationships. Question number one, do you feel that you can't discuss with your partner what is bothering you? Question number two, does your partner frequently criticize you? 
humiliate you or undermine your self-esteem? Number three, is it often that your partner ridicules you for expressing yourself? Number four, does your partner try to isolate you from friends, family or groups? Number five, is your access to work or material resources limited by your partner? Number six, has your partner ever stolen from you or run up debts for you to handle? Number seven, does your relationship swing back and forth between a lot of emotional distance and being very close? So it keeps us oscillating between emotional distance. They are unavailable, unavailable emotionally and being extremely close. Number eight, do you sometimes feel trapped in your relationship? Number nine, have your, has your partner ever thrown away or destroyed things that belong to you? And number 10, are you afraid of your partner? So there you are, 10 questions for your own self-assessment. You alone know whether you're in a toxic relationship. But then the question is, is there a toxic relationship that is in the Bible? Remember up here on the hillside, we want to focus on the word of life and that it would bring hope. And many times in the Bible, we have stories of imperfect men and women who have gone through similar experiences such as we are. And they give us lessons that we can draw from them that would encourage us even as we continue in our journey of hope. And I want to turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25 from verse number 2. 1 Samuel chapter number 25 from verse number 2. Now in this book of 1 Samuel chapter 25, we come face to face with the story of a man called Nabal and his wife Abigail. Now, Nabal's, his name means foolish. And his wife is described as a woman of good understanding and beautiful in appearance. But in contrast, Nabal is described as the man who was harsh and had evil in his doings. The story tells us that David, who had been in the wilderness, as he was escaping Saul, who was seeking for his life, had formed an army of men, like-minded men, who had stayed with him in the wilderness and formed an army against anyone and everyone who was out to get them. And so in the wilderness, they survived by, well, by being fed by well-wishers. In this case, we find Nabal, who David had assisted his men several times and protected the sheep at night. David felt he deserved to be included in the feast of sheep shearing with the other shepherds. And so David sends his servants to Nabal to ask him to provide some food. But Nabal, who is intoxicated, responds and says, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? You know, this is an insult for the purpose to, to make someone feel invisible. And in addition, Nabal asserts that David is insignificant when he dismissively alludes to the anointed future king as a runaway slave. When you look at the book of the of Second Samuel chapter 2 and just go through the, the words of Nabal in verse 10, he says, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? And why should I make my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? And <laughs> the line that perhaps really got to David was when he said, many servants have broken away from their masters these days. 
And so David was really angry and he planned to come with 400 men to completely destroy Nabal and his entire family. But one of the servants hears about it and looks for Abigail. The reason why he reports to Abigail is because many times the servants had also experienced verbal abuse from Nabal. Because when you look at how the servant describes him or calls him, he calls him a scoundrel and says that no one can talk to him. And that is, that is how it is with abusers. They intimidate and they create an environment where you cannot talk to them. And if you do the event, you know, they kind of lash out at you. And it seems that the servants have learned that it's not, it's not a person that you can easily approach. And so they approach Abigail, who they perceive to be kind and wise. With that has come respect to her for the true power and authority in the household. And they, and they beg her to do something because they can see imminent danger. And Abigail immediately decides to take a course of action without discussing with her husband. And this again, you see her using the avoidant method in avoiding war with her husband. No, it's highly likely that. Um, Nabal has been also emotionally abusive with her and she has learned to avoid instances or situations where she awakes, you know, that verbal abuse from him. And so she makes decisions without involving him. So she too takes the, the time to prepare a meal and some gifts for David and takes the blame for her husband. And that's what many times you find victims doing. They take the blame. They blame themselves for what the manipulators do and apologize profusely to David for what her husband had done out of his foolishness. And following the, the, the rash outbursts, it's amazing how the words of Abigail bring life. They save the lives of everyone who is with Nabal. And she was filled by the Spirit of God and the words that she spoke calmed his spirit. The pen of inspiration says that Abigail's words could have come only from the lips of one who had partaken of the wisdom from above. The piety of Abigail, like the fragrance of a flower, breathed out all unconsciously in face and word and action. The spirit of the Son of God was abiding in her soul. Her speech, seasoned with grace and full of kindness and peace, shed a heavenly influence. Better impulses came to David and he trembled as he thought what might have been the consequence of his rash purpose. David's passions died away under the power of her influence. Abigail soothed the irritated feelings of the man anointed to become king by the words of calm and well-directed wisdom. And so as you're thinking about whether or not you're abused in an abusive relationship and the flags have gone up or you already knew you were in an abusive relationship. I have nine things that you need to do. How you need to respond to being abused. Number one, study the tactics and learn to be assertive. Know who you're dealing with. Manipulators know your triggers. The studies have shown that those who are in abusive relationships have both been abused and hurt in their lifetime. And so both the manipulator and the victim have undergone abuse. So study the tactics and learn what it is that your triggers are 
and begin to deal with the things in your life that are causing triggers for manipulators to take control of your life. Number two, set healthy boundaries. Even Christ felt the need to set boundaries in his life. We should do the same and we have our own individuality given to us by God and with it the right to manage things that are on our side of the fence. Guard the side of your side of the fence. Protect it from anyone you know, breaking it or putting it down that they would be able to have an advantage over you. Point number three, build your self-worth and self-respect. Abuse can slowly chip away at self-esteem and usually both the abuser and the victim in a relationship, as I mentioned earlier, experience shame in their childhood and already have impaired self-esteem. Remember, it is not your fault and this is very, very important. It is not your fault. The Bible has a lot of wonderful reminders of how precious we are. In the book of Jeremiah 31 verse 3, we are reminded, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again. And point number four, where there is physical abuse, we need to get a restraining order. That we, many times when physical abuse, abuse abusive relationships are broken, the, the perpetrators or the manipulators still feel the need to find their way back to manipulate, get a restraining order. This will hold them back from reaching you. The law will be on your side to protect you and to guard you from them coming anywhere near you. Point number five, report what has happened to the police. Now this can be done and it is a lot of, it has a great advantage when you want to take a legal action. This report can always be referred to whenever they are making a point on where, whether this you have ever been abused. The second thing this can do that is very good, especially for people who have been sexually abused, examinations can be done. And this can be used as evidence when you take the legal action that this actually happened and the evidence is, is available for reference during this, uh, when the legal action is being taken. Point number six, go to hospital. It's very important for you to seek health care as soon as you get you have you have had um you have been assaulted. You will be treated for any injuries and offered you know medication to help prevent unwanted pregnancy or STDs or STIs. The next point is we need to seek immediate help of a professional counselor. If you're in immediate danger, call the police or the crisis number. If you are not in immediate danger, reach out to a trusted friend a family member, a therapist, or a volunteer with an abusive shelter or a domestic violence hotline. This can help you in your time of need. Then the next one is get a safety plan. Now, you'd ask me what is a safety plan. This is a personalized practical plan that will help you avoid dangerous situations and know the best way to react when you are in danger. An interactive plan can be found in my blog. I have put a link there that can give you a guide on how to create a safety plan. And finally, seek comfort, healing, and wisdom from God. When you have been broken, when you've been hurt, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, will guide you in all wisdom and truth. He can warm your heart with God's love and a healing way, and he can teach you what words to say. And Jesus has suffered in all forms of abuse, including psychological and emotional abuse himself. Who better to restore you, to heal you, and to bring you back to a place of whole and completeness. Now, finally, I want to leave you with 
guidelines that can help you. Perhaps you are not in an abusive relationship, but you know someone who is either your family member, your friend, your colleague, and you want to help them get over their situation. What can you do? Take your time and acknowledge their pain and that it is indeed real. To ask gentle questions, be gentle with them. Do not be rough or abrupt with them. Number three, be careful not to lay blame. Number four, do not try to help them on your own. Get professional help for people who have either experienced abuse or people who have professionals in this field to help them get out of the situation, the heart, the pain, and get over the abusive relationship. Number five, offer to go to any meetings. They may be going to meetings with people who are going through, who have gone through abuse and are trying to get to heal. And in these meetings, they may need someone to stand with them and help them walk, help walk them through their very difficult experience. Offer to go to these meetings with them. Do not give any rash decisions. Many times we are very quick to give decisions that out of you know our emotions, perhaps we are angry or we are hurt because our friends are hurt and we want to bring a, we are abrupt in what we say, we are quick and we give very rash decisions. Please watch for this. Then we need to check in with our friend, watch, check in on them. Some are they're, they're depressed, they may be going through depression, they may be going through you know, a lot of emotional ups and downs and they need someone to keep checking on them just to make sure that they, they're on the right track. Then point your friend to scripture. Remember, scripture is alive and active. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is God and the word was with God and that's Jesus Christ. He is the life that is in the word. And when you speak the scripture, it brings to life. It has a regenerating power to bring to life that which is dead. And that would be the best thing they would need to hear to bring them back to life, to help them, to, re, to, re, to rejuvenate them, to restore them to uh, their former selves. And finally, pray with your friend. I've talked uh, many times about prayer and prayer cannot be overemphasized. Pray with your friend, pray with them, lift them up before the Lord. May they find peace and strength in his presence. I want to share with you Verses that will give you strength and courage for those of you who, who are getting over abusive relationships or who are in abusive relationships and just trying to look out to get some help. Psalms 139 verse 13 and 14. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And finally, <laughs> Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is very important for you to remember if you forget everything else. In any abusive situation, remember it is not your fault. It is not your fault. My appeal to all of you, whether men, women, young or old, seek wisdom from God. May we be like Abigail and like David and humbly allow God to teach us how to relate with each other in the way that is pleasing to him and in ways that reflect his character. And more importantly, may the words of our mouths and the actions of our hearts honor him as we share his love with one another, for that is how the world will know we are true disciples of Jesus Christ. God bless you and thank you for listening.